This is the Wholesome Monk Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Wholesome Monk Podcast. It's your boy, Wholesome Monk here. Today, I'm joined by Jenna. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, all things considered. Yeah, I know, because you're, uh, you're, I know you're posting in LA. How's, the, how's everything going over there right now? It's rough. I mean, I just miss the sun, and it's the beautiful blue sky <laughs> that comes with the sun, but um, no, it's, it's, it's been a little bit sad, to be honest, with all the fires, but uh, it's starting to clear up, and it's, that's a positive sign, and that's all I can ask for. No, yeah, I heard it was like, I know like uh, San Fran was wild. It was like red outside or something. I mean, it was completely orange. I saw videos and pictures, and I, I, that was shocking, but a day later, I woke up, and our sky was um, almost tinted. Not as bad, but some kind of hue. It was not normal. It, feels very uh apocalyptic yeah and then i saw it was like something about like a someone else start i know that was like the main reason for the fire one of the fires but like i know someone did a gender reveal party or something come on <laughs> I, it's like, I i don't know i have no comment on that but <laughs> that's, that's funny as hell to me but um so I know, obviously, you have around, like, I want to say, as a time of recording this, I believe around 15,000 followers on TikTok, I believe, around that. And um, I mean, I just want to dive into that. What, what made you want to start TikTok? Uh, well, um, I'm very millennial in the sense that when TikTok first came out, I just assumed it was people dancing on the app to popular songs and it yeah. definitely still is that but i i don't know why i just had this um chip like i'm not gonna download tiktok it seems so ridiculous and cheesy but here i am on all these other apps but um of course the pandemic happened in i think uh march and i had downloaded it sometime around there just just for fun as all of us did for the most yeah. part and then i actually understood that it's not just an app for dancing people. It's an app for foodies. It's an app for comedy. It's an app for everything. And I was immediately pulled in and spending, you know, an embarrassingly amount of time <laughs> on TikTok. Um, so then I, I don't know, I just began to have an interest in seeing people do stuff. I'm like, I, I kind of want to do that. You know, I feel, I feel like I could, provide some interesting content. Like I'm, I'm a creative person. Um, so I think I've posted maybe a couple just random, you know, it's, you know, do you remember when Instagram first started, you posted a, yeah. a picture of your Cheerios and <laughs> exactly. No, just, Instagram looked so different from what it is now. Like it looked so different. It was basic on basic and so that's kind of how i felt at first i think i just posted maybe a, a stupid video of something and it was just not authentic to me and um i don't know maybe a couple months into it just a few months ago actually i got these really interesting ideas to start doing more parody TikToks of the corporate world since mm. i'm in the corporate world and um we can all use a laugh so that's where i picked up on in the last two months almost and it's been doing pretty well people seem to like them and i'm enjoying it <laughs> no i was gonna say because i i like i really like hearing why people start everyone has like a different some people did it before quarantine so like i didn't know like I, I knew tiktok existed but i didn't know like it really existed until like yeah. quarantine hit when i could like dive in and then um 
you know, I like everyone's success story is like, cause a lot of people find success on TikTok because what I like about TikTok is that you get to collaborate like this, you get to collaborate with people and the exposure rate is so high on TikTok on like Instagram, where it basically is a follow for follow type thing. And I feel like YouTube's become like every channel is like network television at this point because I have the level of content is so high that it's like impossible to like collab with these people. So when, when did you, do you remember like when you found like, I guess success, like that first video that kind of like spiked you from to like where you are now? Yeah, so I posted this video almost uh, imitating the days. It's it's a trend on, it was at least a trend at some point, um, but it goes day one, or this is my voice one day into something. This is my voice 10 days into something. This is my voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking so, about. <laughs> so I did that, but I enacted it as if this is my voice one day into corporate America. And then progressing into, I think, now I can't even remember, I think up to uh, six months into yeah. America. So I, I think it was partly the combination of, um, it's just, it was real. <laughs> I, I used my authentic uh, sort of experiences, but also combined humor with it and um, put it into a video. And two, I guess, because TikTok is very trend-based still. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess I, I used both of those and um, posted it. And that was the first one that started to gain some traction. I was definitely like very interested in um, like your, um, your, your corporate, like just operating inside the corporate world space because, you know, I make the joke all the time about, <laughs> you know, graduating from college and then entering corporate America and dealing with like, I think you're like all the jokes you make like about the emails and like the way you talk, like after going in is so accurate. Cause even like you work something as retail, everyone has that retail voice where you sound really chipper and so nice. And you ask all these people, how their day's going? How are you? How may I help you? Like for you, when, it, when you transitioned from school to like corporate world, like was there, did you find yourself really going through those transformations? Where it's like, oh, I got to put on some type of like, you know, voice or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, was there a transition or you kind of like, you know, you didn't feel it? Oh, a hundred percent. I'm, and that's the one thing I'm still embracing and observing and just learning about is, especially in the corporate world. When you think of corporate, you think of stern, professional, put together, blah blah blah. So along with that, of course, you can't go into. I mean, you can, but you can't go into a corporate job talking like. Hey Albert, like <laughs> wild, crazy, like you don't, you just, you can't. Yeah. So you kind of have to adapt a little bit to this, um, I, I guess almost a mold without sounding horrible. Uh, you know, it's with any job, you have to at least have some kind of presentability to uh, fit, fit in with the job you're doing. So I think, um, in college, I was doing some various internships. So I had done one at a small company and then I moved up to a more corporate type of company. And I really started to observe, okay, here's how people talk. It's very professional. Here's how people talk in emails. And this was all a learning curve for me. I mean, yeah. you know, you're in college and you talk to your friends, you talk to, um, 
everyone just normal. So it's definitely interesting to see how people and, and to see myself, how I've evolved in my pers corporate persona. Yeah, because I was going to say, uh, not, not saying that everyone in the corporate America doesn't have like creativity or can't utilize right. the creativity, but um, you know, I went to like one, like one of the, uh, I went, I majored in communications, but my school had a business school that was pretty prominent. And, you know, like, so when they, when they had to do like commercials or skits or something, whether it was like marketing or whatever, they would act and like, you know, they would have me come in and record and stuff and I'll see them acting. And it was the stiffest thing like I've, like I've, I've ever seen in like my life. So I was like, you know, it's okay. Not everyone's, you know, you know, so I feel like the mold at that school was for their uh, business program was more of like, like you said, a mold in a way of like, okay, this is how you're supposed to act in like a yeah. corporate environment. And so it's hard to get, break that mold when it's like you have these internships that are like all these hours. You're going to um, Wall, you're working, you're trying to work at Wall Street in like New York City and do all these things. So where's like, have you always had this this creative out like a, a need for like a creative outlet? Because I feel like you're just so natural with your comedy and in your skits while also like, you know, telling your truths in there too, of what's your experience. Like, have you always had this creative side of you or is it something you developed like over time, like recently? Yeah, I grew up um, as a dancer and that is definitely a very creative outlet, um, especially from a young age. You learn a routine to match with a song. You have to understand emotions and you have to present your emotions so i think that in a way was my crutch for creativity because mm. i could um release my emotions or how i felt without knowing what that really meant when i was you know in middle school high school and so that was a way i had a creative outlet without really knowing what a creative outlet was um, i did dance in college as well but at the end of high school i began to become interested in writing a little bit. So okay. at first it was more just <laughs> being a little proud of my work or my school assignments. So I, I would write something that I'd have to turn in and I'd give myself a little pat on the back because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, and then I got into college and college was difficult having to learn to be independent and dealing with different adversities. You need to find a way to release that. And I found that through writing. So that allowed me to release at least my, uh, my thought creativity. And mm. sometimes I like to, uh, I do like to keep it a little more on the serious side with my writing, but I also like to add in a little bit of sarcasm and humor. And I think that has been up until now, my, my other creative outlet clutch crutch. Um, but this is nice because I have always had, I've always been a very sarcastic and humorous person. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's been fun to create more, more on that side of my personality recently. Yeah. Cause I've seen, you know, as any TikToker or anyone who just, even whether you're a creator or you like to just uh, consume content, you know, it's, you know, you, you get the first thing you introduce to the app, I'm sure of is like a bunch of people dancing, whether it's guys, mm -hmm. girls, whatever, like dancing and doing that stuff. And then eventually you start finding different niches of TikTok, depending on how much uh, different types of content you consume. Because what I really like about your content, like what really stuck out to me is like your, uh, again, like you said, using your comedy 
um, with also while you're using comedy while also talking about real things like that you've experienced working so far in the industry and everything. And I, I really like that. Not only is it funny, but also you don't, you seem like you're so comfortable with everything you're doing. Cause it's hard. Yeah. Someone has worked, I've been doing comedy and poetry and stuff since I was seven, even still now, I still find like a little, uh, every time I do a video or every time I act in a, in a short film or something, I feel a little like skittish. So for you, um, how important is confidence and how much has, um, how, how much have you developed your confidence like over time? That is tough because I think confidence is something that never just peaks. It's something that forever will evolve. You can be so confident in one thing and then try something new or look at something else, something else, someone else is doing and just your confidence completely deflates again um, or deflates again. So for me, I've almost learned to associate that feeling of, I guess, not being confident as a sign that it's something I should take the leap into. So if, if something is making me nervous, if I'm feeling really fearful of it, I try to ask myself those questions. Are these reasonable thoughts or am I just nervous because I, I haven't done it before? Is it simply just because it's, I'm new at it and I know it's gonna take some time? If yes, then you have nothing to really be nervous about. So it's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-talk, but um, I've, I've learned to, instead of being so super fearful about starting something new or to be um, you know, scared and not confident in myself, I try to take that as excitement and to be, okay, just be confident anyway. So in, in a way it's like faking it a little bit, but yeah convincing yourself like there's really nothing to be fearful of you might as well you'll get there it's just because you it's uh, it's new it's unknown and that alone has helped a lot with my confidence and just understanding that it's not really that I'm insecure or gonna fail or all of these things it's just because it's new it's not 100% familiar to me and that's actually pretty exciting it's, it's something new <laughs> yeah, I think no, I think that's definitely very true. I think that's a mindset that a lot of people have to um, adapt is that they, they, they go into something new and they get so scared of all the what ifs, instead of like what they actually already know, like, like some people are naturally funny people. So they're like, yo, just, you know, you know, you're naturally funny, you know, that at least you have an enjoyment spreading laughter. So if you just take that confidence you have in that, and apply it to this new world, I guess that you find yourself in it can really help um, find some solid footing. And cause I, what I really liked about um, your, your uh, Instagram, besides the very beautiful photos that you have on there is um, <laughs> the captions that you have and how you, you know, you, you talk like real shit in the, in the captions. Like you're like, you know, you know don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but like don't um, like compare yourself to others, like things like of that nature, like positivity, spreading positivity to, to others. Um, have you, has that been something where people like, you know, I'm, we all get moments, like you said, where our confidence like wavers and not something that just keeps on constantly going. Sometimes you'll get a humble check in reality, even if you don't necessarily need one. So have, how have you, you know, who inspires you? Is it like just something where it's like just inner or something where you fell down one time and someone helped pick you back up type thing? That's a good question. I'm, I'm very, I'm both externally and internally motivated. Um, I, I think, for one, I never want to be the same person 
I never want to stay at the same person. I want to look back in five years, in one year, and look back and see how I've evolved, how I've grown. Um, and part of that is is taking small little risks. And I, I never want to just identify as one thing. And I'll, I'll, it's easy to just have our norms, have our personality, and just never question it. But I've always tried to question, okay, I mean, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And what's stopping me? And um, how, how can I get there? And can I get there? Or I'll, I mean, as, as much as Instagram, you know, has his, its wrap sometimes that it can be yeah. a negative tool, you can also use it as a tool to completely inspire yourself. I mean, mm. I've slowly adjusted my, even just my Instagram feed into um, motivating quote unquote influencers and not your typical, just I'm here to promote a product and nothing wrong with that. They're, they're great. Yeah. They're only new, but you know, uh, people that are making differences in, in the world, people who have inspiring stories to say, and I've, I've noticed that, I mean, that's what I'm looking at every single day anyways. So if I'm taking those subtle messages in, it's also inspiring me slowly. If they can do that, I could do that. If, if someone else can do something, in, in this world, you know, there's a good chance you can do something like that too. So I never want to get in the mindset of I, just because I've done these things, this is who I have to stay to be. I can always continue to evolve and evolve and evolve and change at, at any minute, really. Yeah. Now. I feel <laughs> like, um, people that's, no, that's very true. And uh, I really like that you said that because I feel like people, um, when they think of confidence, they think of someone who's like really loud and boisterous and just like out there, like doing the most. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't, that's maybe that that's what they do or that's a personality. That's fine. But you can be confident and still be a silent person, you know, observing things and things like that. Um, so I, I feel like people always constantly have a battle of comparing themselves to others and their progress. And they're like, Oh, this person, it took them a week to, to learn this skill set or do these things. Like for me, even for me, like I, I definitely caught like when I was at least when I was in college, like freshman, sophomore year, I definitely had a lot of confidence issues stemming from high school. And I had to like really build myself up. So then when I was done with college two years later, like um, it, it was like a brand new me in 2018 when I finished college it was a brand new me and then carrying and transitioning that over to my content creation. And I'm, I'm a photographer. So even doing that, um, I, I was had a big problem, like uh, being on the other side of the camera. Um, like modeling for things like that. And the only way I was able to learn, you know, angles for other people was to take pictures of myself and learn to deal with that. Um, and I feel like insecurities is like a huge thing that a lot of people battle with and projecting their insecurities and their troubles onto other people happens a lot to the point where it can make that person you're projecting on feel like they're actually like the problem or they're doing something wrong as well. So I wanted to ask you your thoughts about um, overcoming insecurities have you have you had a battle where you had to overcome a lot of insecurities to get where you are now or is it more just like day-to-day -day type thing definitely a hundred percent uh i i get insecure I, I mean i think my whole life is just a, a battle of getting over insecurities and, and facing them head on but um that really is the the best way to get over your insecurities is to just face them head on. That's the only thing you can do. I mean, um, I think back to one specific experience that helped 
me a lot was um, in in college. I, I mentioned that I, I I danced all my entire life, yeah. and I did not think I was good enough to try out for the dance team at my college. I convinced myself I was nothing like. I had no talent. I couldn't do it. I had zero experience. It was just the most outlandish thought of me to think of myself on the same caliber as those other girls on the team. And I, first of all, I realized what evidence, what evidence do I have that's making me believe this? Like, am I, have I really never danced in my life? Because if I haven't, then that would be a valid thought that you are not going to make the dance team. Yeah. But, um, I, I had danced my entire life, so there was evidence. Um, was I decent? Yes, I've won many awards in high school. I've worked my ass off in high school. I danced hours and hours and hours a week. So there was so much evidence there that I, I just, I, that was just obvious. So it, it wasn't until I took that freshman year, I looked at my insecurities, like what are the real things that I could actually maybe I need to work on it, you know, in, in a dance sense, it was some technical items. And if I worked on those, could I, could I maybe do it? And the answer was yes. So I, um, of course I, I had to take, it wasn't just an instant, great. You realize that you're not insecure anymore. You will succeed. You know, from there you have to put in the work if that's something that you want, but um, I had gotten some additional coaching. I had talked to some people that were alumni on the dance team. I was practicing the things that I felt I was weak at. And in the meantime, I was just combating those insecurities that I wasn't fit enough. I wasn't um, technically good enough. I, you know, all of these things. And um, it really helped me shift my mind to looking at insecurities that First of all, a lot of the time it is mental. Yeah. And second, the t second or secondly, if you're insecure about something, is there something you can do about it? I mean, hmm. it's not always the perfect answer in different cases, but if I'm insecure about public speaking, could I practice more? And would that help with that insecurity? Or also looking at it as, Am I insecure about, about it just because I haven't done it enough? Is that the reason why that's making me get this belief? Um, so I've, I've learned to also look at insecurities and just face them head on because I, I will constantly get them. I don't think I will ever stop getting insecurities. I mean, I live in LA, so yeah. <laughs> you walk around the corner, you're like, oh, <laughs> insecure. <laughs> but um, it's just life. It's you have to be able to look at your insecurities head on and either address them, see if they're a little bit outlandish and there's not real evidence to support that. And then three, can you do something about it? And if not, um, you just have to get over it. <laughs> no, that, that's very true. Cause I was, I'm, I'm actually really interested in something you said. Have you, have you always lived in LA or is that something where you moved like recently? That was something I was insecure about. Um, I moved about about two and a half years ago. Oh wow! Okay, so okay, yeah. so like, because we I for people who don't know, I know a lot of people um internationally sometimes tune in and stuff. So L.A. located um in California is 
you know, Hollywood's there. You have a lot of people who like, you know, dieting and have to change their bodies constantly and work on their work on different crafts. Not everyone's an actor, of course, but you know, in terms of people who usually live in LA and can afford LA, it's usually business tycoons, actors, people higher, uh, high, of high status. And so I wonder, I'm really curious how much does, you know, like I'm sure you see insecurity at every other corner when, when especially like people who don't get parts in whatever they're trying to do. So does that ever feed into like maybe some hidden insecurity you have, like seeing other people panic constantly? Like, I wonder how much that is in LA compared to like, maybe like where you're from. Yeah. And it's definitely apparent and it would be naive for me to say that you aren't gonna, it's, you can just avoid those um, experiences or that they're, you can't compare it to, you know, a small town maybe in the Midwest and say LA and a small town are the exact same. They're not. But um, what I've also uh, come to realize is that you, we are prone to looking for signs and things. So if I constantly am looking at someone who gets something and I benchmark that to myself, I can look at that and just look at it as that's something that happened. Or I could look at that and be like, wow, that person's doing better than me. I'm here. So if I want to see that, I will. If I want to feel, you know, uh, I guess as if it's a constant competition, I will see it that way versus just, I guess, simply being observant and understanding that people are all on different journeys. It's not a competition. Um, as long as you're doing what's true to you and you're continuing to grow in the life that you want to grow for yourself, that's all that should matter. And, and whatever everyone else is doing, even though in LA it may seem a little bit more heightened, it shouldn't matter because it's it's your life that matters. It's my life that matters. No one else's. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's a hundred percent true. And it's, uh, it's definitely easier said than done, especially sure. Sure. If you live in like LA, I feel like LA is like, you know, the weather's always like for the most part, it's very, very great. The sun's out, you get your vitamin D, you can go to the beach and do all those things. I was, so I was born like, I was born in Bronx, New York and like, and I live on the East coast now. And like, just like the amount of like those when winter time comes, like we have seasons and when winter time comes, it's super cold. You're inside all the time and you're dealing like more greatness. And I feel like uh, every time I see like one of my buddies that moves to LA, they completely do like a complete 180 in terms of just the, like the sun rays and everything. But then um, usually when they go there, they go for acting. And I had um, some of my female friends too, who've done like uh, one for like ballet and do dancing and modeling and stuff. And I see the transition kind of shift to like, you know, they have that, I guess that honeymoon phase that a lot of people have with LA or wherever you want to move to. Like that's a destination you really want to move to. But for this example, LA, and then eventually, you know, the industry, various industries, wherever you get into, um, starts like shaping their mind differently because it's, it's a different environment. I tell people like, you know, when I ever do photo shoots and um, they compare ourselves to like, uh, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say real models, but just like models that like this is their main profession. Like, you know, your Jenners, your Kardashian and stuff like that. And I have to tell them, I was like, y'all don't understand. That's yeah. like, that's a, they, that's a, you can't like compare yourself to like what you see on magazines and stuff. One, a lot of photo editing goes on Two, the dieting is literally insane. Modifications to the body is insane. So I, I compare it to like, um, like when you get a, when you get a new car, right? Besides a Honda Civic, cause Honda Civic is like the most cars own in the United States. <laughs> but like, if you get a car, 
you'll start seeing that car more often on the street because now your mind associates with this. So I feel like the same with insecurities, like what you're saying is that you'll start to look for things. I feel like that's a big indicator for me when I start looking at something or like a person and I see some kind of insecurity and I can, I'm like, Oh, I feel what that person is feeling. I, I can see that that person not me and that person not too different. And I feel like once you get that and you start operating on that, it, um, it does a great job, which is why I like comedy so much. And I like your content so much is that I feel like it's a comedy is the best way, in my opinion, to make real conversations, how, however difficult it may be, make it easier to swallow, easier to talk to. Cause it's, you know, when you're laughing, you're a lot more open to what someone's saying. Yeah. And um, I, I was curious, like what made you want to go the comedy route with like your content? Cause I know you could have done many other things that all these other people you could have done, especially since you're a dancer, you could have done dancing. Um, like as a primary thing, you <laughs> Am I? Done, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, we, we, I'm sure everyone enjoy that. No, but, um, yeah, you could have done dancing. You could have done, uh, you call me what you're doing, um, in your content. So what made you choose? Like, oh, I want to do more comedic things and just like more doing a Ted talk. Cause some people just do Ted talks on there and then call it a day, but you tie, you do, I see ones where you do like more sit down and you talk about stuff, which is really good, but primarily you do like uh, comedy content. So what made you want to choose that route? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it almost backtracks even back to other outlets because I've never really had a place where I could uh, express mm. my, um, I guess, comedic bone that I have deep inside. Um, <laughs> especially, I, truthfully, Instagram, it's very cookie cutter. You and again, this is yep. go, this goes without saying. You can make you can change your feet to however you want it, but it 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 grows on the sense that you stay the same, that you're one way. And I'm guilty of it too, thinking so. I, I hold back sometimes putting out stuff on Instagram just because it it doesn't feel good. I don't want to. Um, it just doesn't feel authentic to me, or it doesn't feel I'm not ready to do it. And I, I that's one part of Instagram that I don't like. So. What I found with TikTok, because like you said, it's almost, it's, it's a little bit of a fresh start in a way. It's a little exactly. bit of an unjudgmental area where you can just be yourself. And I began to just post not for anyone else. And again, I'm not saying that I post for anyone else anyways, yeah. but it's, you really get to feel like you can just post for you and what you want to put out in the world. And I have finally found an area where I can at least express a little bit of my comedy side mm. and I'm loving it. It's it, regardless. And again, that I'm not doing it for the purpose of, of millions and millions and millions mm. of whatever, but it's because I enjoy it. And, um, it's giving, I mean, at least a couple other people are enjoying it too. And that is purely it. And, that's why I love it so much right now. And I, I think, I mean, millions of people say this about TikTok. It's just such a great place where you don't have so much pressure. You said, it, I think at the beginning that it's not just um, people who are already famous on Instagram posting their, their stuff or people yeah. on YouTube that have years of um, content and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. <laughs> no, it is. And I was going to say, cause I know you cause your, your videos, your uh, videos definitely get like a lot of shares. Cause I remember, I remember, I, remember oh, I reached oh. out to you 
because I saw it originally. I actually didn't see your content first on TikTok. I actually saw it on Facebook. Now, I'm not on Facebook often. I'm definitely not often. But if I see someone's video reach my side of Facebook, yeah, <laughs> I have a bunch of like African aunties and uncles and whatnot on Facebook. So if I see someone's stuff on Facebook <laughs> that's not about, you know, politics or anything like that, that's how I know, like, or this person's that's like special. Funny. Cause it's really hard to reach that. My videos don't even reach that. And that's my family on there. So that's how I know it's, it's wild. Cause I saw, um, you, like you're saying like, Oh, one day in corporate America, six months in corporate America. That's the video that like, I guess I see on, I saw on Facebook first then I went on Twitter, saw on Twitter. Really? Like, okay, let me go on TikTok. Yeah. And then I don't know what kind of the, like, the apps talking to each other. But then I saw like, you're just like, you're on my feed, like a hundred percent. I was like, all right. This is definitely someone who's like, I have to talk. I, I binge watch, you know, every time I see someone's uh, content that I, I decide to follow, um, I binge well, yeah, watch a lot. Yeah, you just do a quick scroll yeah. and you're watching And it's funny. I laugh at TikTok so much because when you follow someone new, which I, I feel like now that's why a lot of people don't follow a lot of people. Because when you follow someone new, like on your following page, that's all you'll see for like four weeks. It would just be all their content from like the day they got on to the most recent thing. And I, I find that like so, so funny, but going on what you said about Instagram, I really want to dive in. I feel like Instagram is really, I'm going to be careful what I say here. I don't, I don't want to, obviously, yeah. everything I talk about, I don't want to, I'm generalizing here very obviously, but um, I feel like a lot of uh, insecurity really is like a breeding place for it, depending on how you use it. Of course, but I feel like most people will use Instagram, even if you're not posting a lot, you're still consuming a lot of content. I know people are on Instagram almost like, as like 24 seven, like you'd be surprised how much time you waste on Instagram, just like scrolling. Um, and I, I wonder what, what, what do you think about, do you think Instagram, uh, cause you alluded to it earlier too, but do you think Instagram breeds a lot of some of the self imaging issues that a lot of us face? Cause I, I know that even I can, I'm very comfortable with you know my body and who I am and stuff, but even me, when I um, go on Instagram very quickly, even to post content, I watch a couple of videos here and there. I see like someone looking some type of way. I'm like, damn, damn, that brother got a six pack. I want a six pack. And it's not like on some, you know, like commenting him and keep it moving. It's like, it stays with me. It's like, ah, damn, I need to go do this. I should just stop eating right here and now, or I should like, you know, do all these things. So do you think um, Instagram breeds some of the issues we have today? Cause Instagram is really ingrained in what we do these days. It's for, it's for sure a, a breeding ground for insecurity, but it can also be a breeding ground for inspiration and self-love and self-acceptance. It's just, that's not how I think the app grew up, at least at first. And we're so used to just following things that are nice and look nice and are in the perfect whatever it might be in it in the context of perfect and um it it's hard when that's all you're looking at all day <laughs> our brains are going to tell us that you're not that therefore you are not good <laughs> and yeah. so that's how it works but that's um what i said i have focused so hard on trying to one be a little bit more authentic in what i post because at the end of the day if if I'm ever posting for someone else, what's the point? I mean, I got to post for me because I want to, I felt good and I, I wanted, I wanted to do it not because I wanted a certain outcome or a certain whatever. 
Um, and then two, I, I really have like adjusted who I follow, uh, what I'm engaging in. So now, I, I mean, in, and this is more for the woman side of things, but now I, I follow accounts that are educational. I follow yeah. accounts um, both in, in the side of um, uh, political issues that are going on or global issues. I, I follow more accounts that are like that. I follow accounts that um, are woman-based, so that are encouraging women about um, uh, education topics. Uh, I, I also follow other women who are trying to, I guess, not be the mold and be a little bit more honest and just very, very, very authentic about real bodies and real thoughts and um, topics like depression or anxiety, things that are actually real. And that has been a great shift just because, again, that's what I'm looking at all day. And if that's what I'm looking at all day, that's what my thoughts are going to be. So it's it's tricky because it, it is a, it's a breeding ground for whatever we make it that's yeah. kind of scary especially with the update now um i don't know how many people i think it's most people have the update now but like your feed stops like really quickly and it becomes like so you have to click to see like the older posts or whatever now so like a bunch of like sponsor ads and just people like like for example if i like if i didn't if i didn't know you prior to like liking one of your photos and like randomly on instagram then like so if i liked your your, your photo on instagram then like not only would you pop over my feed then like everyone who looks exactly like you will pop over my feed yeah. and is like yo i can see that being really um not saying you're a destructive person but i'm saying like the idea no, of like exactly. seeing um just someone like you really want to like you know oh i really want to be looking like that or looking like this and then it's like that's all you see like 24 7. i was like instagram that, that update like the worst thing i've ever seen because now it wasn't that <laughs> long ago they're talking about taking away likes so that they can cure, start helping some of this anxiety and depression that goes on from like, you know, having our brains being wired, like, oh, I need a hundred likes or I have to like delete the photo because then not enough people saw it or something. And um, yeah, I 100% I agree with everything you're saying. And I'm also, it's so interesting. Like I like TikTok because it's so, um, people are goofy. People are like mad goofy on TikTok. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it, and it's like, because it's so quick. It's just like what Vine used to be back in the day for people who know what Vine is. And like, um, where Vine was only like six seconds, it was pretty limited on what you can do. TikTok, you can do all, like, you can do like YouTube. I've seen people do amazing quality stuff and, and just put it for like 15 seconds. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. And it's so easy to consume and you can stop anytime you want. Um, so I think a lot of people, uh, you know, un underestimate what TikTok can do and how valuable it is and how much it can connect. Cause like without TikTok, I wouldn't have been able to connect with you yeah. or many other uh, creators. And like, it's crazy. I've, I've collabed with people from Australia, Taiwan, LA, and like all over the place. I wouldn't have been able to do Cause YouTube, like I said, became such a, cause like when I did YouTube, I started YouTube in high school mm. and YouTube uh, slowly became very, it used to be hard as hell. Even before then, like when I was in sixth grade, it used to be used so hard to upload to youtube like now it's like i don't know if you i don't know if you have a channel or not or, i have uploaded like a few videos yeah so it's like it's like click click and that's it but youtube used to be like i, I want to compare old youtube like old, old youtube to like dial up internet like it used to be the most annoying thing ever <laughs> to upload I, mean, I don't know if you were ever in the myspace world but we were we were borderline programmers and internet of course yeah get your playlists and stuff <laughs> Travagant too. So it's pretty incredible the work that we had to do back then. 
No, I'm actually so happy you brought up MySpace. I haven't talked about MySpace in years. Yo, MySpace used to end friendships only because I think it was MySpace that had the um, you have like the top five friends or something. Yeah. Was that MySpace, right? MySpace. That, that was so. Fun. I would just do top two. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't know. I think I did. I usually did top five or top at least three or so. It's just so funny because it's like people used to get. It used to hurt people's oh, yeah. feelings. That was. You know, like oh Jenna, why why am I not? I'm not on your top you line. just see it it's like you see why is chase's picture ahead of my picture if two days ago it wasn't or whatever oh yeah it would be like yeah i don't be i, I never paid attention so like it only came to my attention when people were like come up to me on these streets like hey bro like i'm not your top five no more like i would, I would just literally refresh it only just because yeah. Because me, I was like, okay, I can see why someone would feel down. You know, I, I could see why. Someone just refresh it. Let me, you know, let me put it in. I, that's my thought. I didn't think of it like, oh, I, this person's on my shit list, so I'm, I'm going to remove that. I was doing so every kind of a shine. And then people were like, well, legit going to school and be like, hey, man, um, you replaced me. With, I, and it's funny, I actually had a friend named Chase. So like, like you replaced <laughs> me with Chase? Is that, is that how you feel? It's like, hey, bro, I didn't even take it like that. Yeah. Like, my bad. <laughs> You know, Isn't that funny? That was one of the most quote-unquote toxic or whatever you want to describe it things. And it's it, nowadays, it's it's just... I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I want to be honest and say that MySpace, like if MySpace just came out and they had that top five system, <clears throat> it would become a really big problem. Like it, that, that could not survive right now. Top five would kill, yeah. like it would kill people. <laughs> That it was, that is wild to think about, but people could people cannot handle the top five right now. If Instagram did that, oh, that is horrible. It would break. It would break people's mindset. That I'm so serious. I don't even I don't even want to think about a world where there's another top I five. I almost want them to do that just because I feel like that'd be so ridiculous. It would be. I'm already like borderline. Like, all right, Instagram. Like, if it wasn't for like marketing purposes, I'd really just like. You know, but um, seeing some people like like your content on Instagram is not just like you know like oh like look at look at me look at me is like okay this is like a legit you know like you're talking about yourself and you're also providing messages and information to other people from experiences that you experience which is what I do too because I used to really care like it's almost embarrassing to me every day I laugh every day at myself by how much I used to really care what other people said um I reached like a thousand followers on YouTube when I was 18, like right when at the end of college, or uh, sorry, well, not college, high school. Yeah. And, um, but then cause I talked about anime content, like a lot. I'm a huge anime fan. And I got so self, I got so self-conscious about it. That I just stopped. Like I couldn't handle it. Like people like now these days, I see kids with like 500,000, a million like followers and stuff. I was like me when I was 18 and teenager, I could not handle having a million people on the internet liking my content and just like interacting with me. That'd be too much. I give people now props for being able to handle that much stuff. Like I wouldn't be able to handle getting recognized on the street at 18 and stuff like that. Like even now as a grown man, I do comedy and stuff. So like I see people sometimes like come up to me and talk to me about like my uh, content or like uh, want to take a picture or whatever. And I'm just like, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm still not used to it. And I know it's only going to get worse from, from here, but um, yeah, I don't think the world would be able to handle top five. I feel like, like, oh, you don't have to say the names, but do you know, who would be in your top like just in your head do you know who would be in your top five like if someone put a gun in your head like hey i need a top five value <laughs> oh god I, that's already a, a dilemma i can just see it <laughs> you know it was, i just thought about it too because you had if you had well i didn't have family like on my myspace but if it came out today 
you would have like, you know, would, so would you exclude, basically, would you exclude your mom and your, your siblings from your top five for the sake of the friendship? That's something we'd have to think yeah. about. And oh my gosh, it's, that's just such a, yeah, that's such a whole other dynamic because you're right. MySpace was just friends now. That would be so well. My mom would actually be hurt. Like I, I know because I she's really big on like social media stuff. So I know damn well I did not have her on my top oh, five. Oh, absolutely. And my mom wouldn't even know what the top five is until she would see it on some. Yeah, she would see it. And then she would find my profile somehow because yeah. I'm public yeah. like that. <laughs> and then she would be like, so what's going on? Like, what's the, what's the, like, she just started following me on. She just started following me on Instagram. Oh, we love it. <laughs> and like, I, I, cause I post so much, like, I just, I just be posting like jokes, like my, uh, like skits and stuff. Like she, cause she just saw my, me doing standup for the first time, my senior year in college, uh, for the first time in years. So like, she just saw it and she's like, uh, she's like, Albert, I didn't know you cussed so much. And you said like all these words, she was laughing though, but she was like, I, you a different <laughs> human being. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm performing though, but <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was just like i couldn't even imagine like you know like i'm so like the day she finds tiktok is the day i might have to just like delete it altogether right? so i'd be like nah i can't because it'll be t- like she's one of those people who like um she'll cause my mom like loves my mom and dad and brother love teasing me so they always comment under my posts to say something really wild like it would have nothing to do with the video like it'll be on my anim- one of my animated videos hilarious. they almost you almost need to get them in the loop just for the just for the content's sake. <laughs> I, like, I, that's what I was thinking. But, like, I'll be having an animated video, and they'll be like, Albert, you're talking all this shit, but you didn't, you know, when you were five, you did this or that. And I was like, wow. yo. Like, a TMZ. Wow. If I ever got big enough, where mm-hmm. TMZ need a scoop on me, and they got some scoop on me, I know for sure the first person I have to look at is, like, my, my parents for, for sure. But, um, no, I really enjoy everything you, you've been doing on, on all platforms. And, uh when so when i was curious have you always been like a social media person or what did you ever like be like were you ever one of those people like ah social media is like too much i don't i really want to get into or have ever always been like oh social media is awesome i can do what i want with it basically yeah for the most part i have been on the side of social media is what you make of it so i've been more pro up until now at least and i always change but as of now i i think i always try and use it for good and as long as I do that, I, I, I'm okay with it for now. For now. No, like, I, yeah, I, I always, like, because I felt like on social media, I was like, okay, it's like a, it's like news sources. Like, I like sports. So I'd be like, oh, what's going on in the sports world, whatever. But now that I've been a content creator for so long, I'm, like, really enjoying the process. Like, I, I see other people's content and makes me, like, want to go do a content video. Like, I remember I saw... I saw your, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. One of your videos made me laugh so fucking hard. For like, it, it, it's funny, but it made me laugh like too hard. I was doing something. I was at, I was at a shoot and I just took a break, you know, go on TikTok, which I shouldn't do anymore because there's too much funny shit on TikTok. And I saw your view. I think you were putting together something, a piece of furniture. I don't know if it was a dresser or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I forgot what the premise of the video was. I feel like you were saying you don't need someone. I forgot what it was. Yeah, it was, I think it was just a fun, fun video. It was, uh, the song was like, I don't need a boyfriend. That's what it was, yeah. And I was <laughs> laughing so hard because, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a manly man, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Right. But I'm not going to lie. If I had a girl and she can, like, you know, there's, there's things I can't do. 
Mm-hmm. So I just be like, look, oh, do you need help with the jar? Like I'd be like, hey, honey, can you just help exactly. with the jar? Just, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. Some sometimes it just it just be like that. I was just laughing so fucking hard. I was like, yo, it. I, she she's saying that, but like I could just I was like, if I was there, I would ask her to help me with this. Exactly. <laughs> like normally you'd be like, yeah, any any help would have been nice, but it was just funny because I'm like building. Uh, I don't know. It's like eighty pounds. It was heavy. It was not easy. And it it says on the instructions, two people recommended. And here I am. Two people like, recommended. Well, let me make a TikTok about it and see if I can do it. And if I can't, then I won't post it. And if I can, I'll post it. <laughs> no, I, um, but I'm also, I'm also really curious. I'm sure a lot of your followers and fans will be curious too. What does Jenna like to do when she's not working for corporate America, when she's not making TikToks? when she's not posing these beautiful photos with these captivating captions, what are some hobbies that you enjoy doing on your free days? Yeah, so I am such a hobbyist. I love trying to find new things that entice me and excite me and are fun. So one, my constant is writing too. I will, every week I write, I, I try to write every day, but that's not always the case, but I love yeah. writing. So that's my, my go-to hobby. Um, I also, got into yoga this past year and I love it um, for uh, mental, for physical, all of the reasons. I absolutely love um, yoga. So those have been my two big hobbies. And then on the side, randomly, um, I'll, I'll dabble a little bit on the piano just for fun. For, okay. for fun. For we, fun. Get, we get in the concert soon. Is that what you're trying to tell us? No, it's, it's very just as I have, you know, like, I'll try to learn something when I can, but um, not very good. But again, it's just, it's something I want to do it. So I do it. And, um, but yeah, I would say writing and yoga are probably my two core hobbies. And you see, you've been writing for a minute now, right? You've been writing for a couple of years now. Yeah. I've been writing for at least six years and um, I love it. Is it like, are you writing like, um, is it like just like creative writing, like free writes or is it like you write in scripts, store, short stories? Yeah, so more on the um, self-improvement side of writing, so for different uh, public online publications, um, so anything from self-growth to relationships to um, uh, leadership to anything like that, it, that's kind of my main focus now. But okay, you're helping people out with relationships now out here. Trying to. It's funny <laughs> that you say that. It's funny that you say because on this podcast – I do a couple episodes with it. I'm not, I don't, I don't pretend at all. Like I'm some guru with it. I have my problems too. This is how I knew I'm, I, I probably should not say this about myself on here because it's embarrassing as fuck, but you know, fuck it. Um, I knew my anxiety was really bad one day when <laughs> I went on a date, I went on a date. Right. And, um, you know, it was going well. And it was like a, a situation where we're uh, like a picnic thing. And like, I had my, like, we're, so we're talking about something like some a series, like a switch mode, you know how days go. Sometimes it switches to like, I think this was like our second or third or whatever. So it switched to like a serious conversation out of nowhere. So I was like, all right, cool. So I had my, like, I was like putting all my weight on my one arm, like listening to her, like sitting down on like a, a blanket right. or whatever. And she was like, she had a whole monologue. She was like this whole thing. And she was <laughs> talking, which I, I was listening. I loved it. I was listening to everything she was saying. But I'm not gonna lie, like my arm was getting real tired. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I really hope 
we don't try going for a kiss right now. I don't think I can support my weight on my arm. And so like she was done. And then I was like, uh, it's just like, I don't, I don't let awkward silences happen. So I was like, okay, nah, I need to move in for like a kiss. It's like, oh, this is it. So uh, I, I try and I, I, we start kissing or whatever. And then she stops and starts laughing. And when I tell you my soul, <laughs> when I tell you all my childhood insecurities yeah. and traumas like came out at, at one point, I was like, why? I played it off cool or whatever. I was like, why are you laughing? <laughs> and she's like, you know, you're shaking. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was like so embarrassed. But like, um, I thought it was because I had like a lot of weight on my, on my arm, which, which it was. But I was like, yo, I had so much pent up anxiety that I didn't even realize I was holding on to until like a moment or a situation arose where it was like, oh, okay, here's like, oh, you have anxiety you didn't know about, but we won't choose a time and place for it to happen. <laughs> right. Like, here it is. Welcome. <laughs> And like no, nah, but um, and I also like tell people all the time. I really like this era of like now. I don't I don't know if it's considered online dating, but like app app dating. I guess you want like yeah. Tinder, Bumble, stuff like that. Um, I can't even imagine. I, I don't know if you use the apps in LA or not when you have since you've been there. But like, is it do you do you like that stuff or is it more of like I kind of want to somehow meet you and like meet the first in meeting has to be like in person type thing. Oh yeah, I mean I think everyone in the back of our minds, we would love that perfect ambiance where you're, I don't know, at, at the grocery store, just picking out your favorite food and then it drops and then someone picks it up for you and they say, oh, is this, you know, that's just, whatever. You know, we would, I would love to meet somebody in real life, but it's just, it's, our world is very digital. So we also, if we're in the dating world, we kind of have to accept that a lot of it is going to be digital. Um, yeah. So I've, I've ex accepted it. <laughs> no, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I just find it like so funny because I was like, yo, these conversations are so robotic sometimes because like, you know, you're trying to get to know someone before you meet up with them in the public place and do all these things. But like, if I don't know if you've ever been on a date through an app where it's like you were, like as soon as you walk into whatever restaurant you went to, you're like, this was definitely a mistake. I've had a couple of those where I, I just walk in and I'm just like, oh, I wasted so much time and energy on this, but you're already here. So you're going for it. And I, I find dating like, so like uh, a matter of fact, why I found your, um, besides it being so funny, your, your, uh, the email one about corporate, like talking like you're like in a corporate email. I found it funny. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't know another person that really talks about it that, other than you and me. Cause I, made a video and I do in my comedy set a lot about um you know if you're texting a girl or whatever and she speaks like she's in a corporate email when she's talking to you you've mm -hmm. lost that battle yeah. like it happens like I, I know guys do it too but like this this uh, my, my one of my friends she uh she's like talking to this guy and I was like do you even like him like, it seems like it's very like I don't know but it's one of those situations like I don't want to like hurt his feelings or whatever so I'm just gonna like barely text and like those one word replies or whatever but homeboy was not giving up so she was talking like some, um, she was talking like, you know, oh, John, yes, um, sorry, I, I couldn't get back to you right away. I just hope you have a great day. I hope you're doing well. Like, you know, this all those greeting things. Oh, well. You can put sincerely. She even put like one of them, uh, the signatures oh, you gosh. can put. And she was like, sincerely, you know, da-da-da. Like, oh. And I was like, that's brilliant. 
I love that so much. I was like, cause people do, I was like, some people do, even I, you know, like when you're not interested in a conversation, whether it's like relationship type thing, or even, you know, I'm sure you're in meetings and you're like, I really hate everything that's going on here. And you know, you, I'm sure in corporate America, like you have 50,000 meetings that really didn't need to happen. And, but you're there anyway. So, you know, you hear someone talking and you had to kind of put that, like that predetermined statements that you already have in your head that you put in there. Like I, I always found that like so funny, but, um, Reach that point in the time now where we do question of the day. So Jenna, your question of the day is what do you like most and least about working in corporate America? That is a good on brand question. Um, <laughs> on brand. Most and least. Um, I guess I'll start out with the least first and then yeah. I'll end it off on a good, on a more positive note. Um, the least is that I think, it can seem very daunting. It can seem very encompassing. And we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but if you are in corporate America or in the business world that you have to just be that, that has to be your all and ending life for the next 50 years. So it can be very um, uh, funneling to think that way. And you have to kind of climb out of that mindset and, and remember, you are not just your job. You are a being with other likes and other things and you're, you're allowed to be yourself. So amongst it all, you do not forever forget who you are. And I think, I guess if I had to say that's the least, the thing I like the least about it is if you're not careful, it can become very, um, um, it, it can just make you forget who you are and to not do that. So that would be one thing, but I would say the thing that I like the most about corporate America is that you do get to meet and work with so many different kinds of people, different mm -hmm. kinds of characters, um, both positive, sometimes not so pleasant, but you really learn how to interact with others. You, you have to, <laughs> you have to learn how to work with others. And I think that's a, that's a skill that will take you beyond it. I mean, you have to, it's a constant, um, it's a constant work of respecting not only each other, but getting, learning how to get respect too. And, um, you just, you learn a lot. You really do about people, about how to interact. And, um, I'm very grateful for the experiences that I've, I've, um, learned and developed over the years of being in corporate. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I really appreciate yeah. you joining us like always. Um, and I want to give you obviously a chance to, Promote everything you got to promote. Where can the people find you? The people can find me. Um, TikTok, I'm Jenna Hushka. Uh, so that's just my full name. On Instagram, I'm also at Jenna Hushka. Uh, from there, I do have some sub uh, writing accounts. So you can just kind of go from my main Instagram and find them. But yeah, I'm always happy to talk intellectually, talk corporate, talk comedy. So I'm always an open book. All right. Thank you so much. And all you listening, like always, you can find us um, at on TikTok and on Instagram, uh, wholesome underscore monk. And you can also donate to the coffee page where you can buy me a metaphorical coffee to support the uh, creative space that we do here. And that is wholesome underscore a wholesome monk um, as a coffee page. So you can go do that and you do uh, links to it on my link tree on Instagram and on TikTok. So remember, if you listen to this episode, this podcast episode, you're always loved and you're 10% more wholesome than you were before you listened. Peace out, everybody. This is the Wholesome Monk Podcast.